Welcome to Season 5 of the podcast of the Urban Mystic. Season, we're exploring relational spirituality. It's rooted in the drawing near and withdrawing of God. It's a practice of spirituality that's rooted in God's relational presence. In this sense, relational spirituality differs to the dominant spiritualities we used to. The doing church paradigm, along with our devotional and formative spiritualities, are rooted in the paradigms of silence and mystery. In last week's episode, I had the privilege of hearing Steve tell his story of his early experience of God. This is a conversation that follows after, where Steve and I reflect on the experience of, of, of telling that story and of what thoughts and uh, ideas and that might be left laying over from them that might want to be told a little bit further, and also just some thoughts and ideas that come up as we um, reflected and explored, uh, you know, as, as things gestated in us overnight. And so I really just, uh, I really hope that you enjoy listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Conversations like these showcase the value of spiritual accompaniment for those looking to cultivate a relational spirituality of their own. Relational spirituality is a paradigm we're really breaking ground on. I believe that conversations like this evidence just how vital this paradigm is. There's no more important work we can be doing than giving our time to establishing this. Don't forget to like, subscribe and leave a comment on your favorite listening platform. We genuinely believe that nurturing the value for intimacy with God leads to practicing the presence of God and that this is the most important and critical quest for our generation. We rely on your general support to do this work. If you'd like to support us, follow the link in the show notes to PayPal to make a contribution to our work. It's been a few hours in between uh, you and I chatting into late last night. I, I can imagine you've, you've got some uh, thoughts that have brewed since then. I've got some thoughts that have brewed since, uh, since then. But I, I thought I'd just start with just checking. I mean, is there anything that you, you want to throw into the mix that you possibly wanted to say yesterday that you didn't get around to? Yeah, to be to be honest, it's um, <clears throat> kind of as I was saying to you just now. It's it's been a very busy, which sounds weird. It's been a very busy time since we since we ended our call late last night until you know it's mid morning now on my side. I had a very busy night in terms of just sleeping very fitfully and dreaming all sorts of things throughout the night, and then it's been a an active busy morning with kids on my side and getting things sorted and solving a couple of problems but I, I actually I don't feel as though I've had space to breathe since last night to be honest and so I haven't either intentionally um, sort of moved into any spaces of reflection or thought further around oh, I would like to share this further or or anything like that which is not to say that the things might not emerge if if I just take my temperature, that is, that's how I enter the conversation. Actually, I even physically, I, I rushed into the room to close up, and I still have my coffee that hasn't even been stirred to uh, to arrive late, <laughs> late to our conversation, even in terms of what we talked about. So, um, yeah, I think I'm still catching up with myself a little bit. If I if I could just uh, like that would be my temperature as we launch out here. So. You said you had some thoughts and questions. I would love to hear those. And as honest as I can be, I'm not, uh, I don't think within myself I'm uh, stepping away from last night or trying to push back towards you. Uh, that's, I think that's where, I, that's what I feel, honestly, not where I'm at. I hear you in, in terms of that. And I, I, I totally appreciate that. And I don't, I don't take it as a, you know, a push away or a, um, and, 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 you know, an escape or deflection or anything like that. I mean, it's, it's the reality, it's the reality of life. You know, I, 
um, you know, I've, I've dropped washing, I've dropped washing off this morning and uh, <laughs> I've had uh, a few conversations and I've had time to sit with myself and with coffee and a cup of tea as well, even and uh, and even to pull out a book and, and, and check a few things just in my thoughts. So, you know, I'm I, I'm aware that my my tendency is to hit the uh, hit the abstraction. And what does this mean? And, uh, you know, like, you know, it's, it's almost like my philosophical bend kicks in. So I find that the conversation yesterday really sparked off two things, really. One, in relation to this kind of, I guess, research, this kind of conversation and the, um, the autobiographical nature of it. And then the other, just in terms of your story, in terms of, in terms of how I feel like some of my perspectives have shifted in terms of you know, how I understand you and how I understand your, your experience. So I've, I've got those two things in my head. So, you know, it's easier to throw the philosophical stuff out up front or to throw it away. How do you feel? Do you, you know, should we just stay in your experience or can I comment on that briefly? Yeah, please do. I'm fascinated to hear specifically that second thing you raised in terms of how some of how you see me is, has changed. That, that would be very fascinating because that, that does spark something in me to think actually I have a sense of how I see me has changed okay. since, since having to, to think through how to tell the story, what to tell, then having told it, I think uh, I'm just, I'm present to myself in a slightly different way. So, but, but go for it. I'd love to hear your. So, so, so to go into the personal, you say, and just leave the philosophical is, is that what, is that what I'm hearing? Oh, that's good. I, I wasn't very clear. Yeah, I'd love to hear the personal, um, and 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 we can come to the to the more abstract. I think most immediately when when we'd spoken, you know, in the past, I'd I'd heard about the accidents. You know, you you, you know, we we had a good we had a good chat about that, and so that event was forefronts in in my mind, and I'd expected in some ways. Uh, you know, the conventional raised in a Christian background, uh, differentiating yourself, crisis events, um, clear openness to the reality of God, and, and that to, to almost be what, what peaked in, in your story just from how we'd spoken before and how I'd come to, to know you. And then you're leading into, you know, more formal kind of service than that, and, uh, and then the later journey to how we arrived here. So, so, so in some senses, I, I had that as, as, as the kind of like the map to Steve in my head, the map to Steve and his spirituality and his journey in relation to the presence of God. And, and, and in the telling of your story, I, I've arrived at a place of realizing how deep your connection to your father is in the story and how significant the the differentiation and desire for connection is both in terms of your relationship with your father. I think just in general, you operate that way, but also in relation to God. So that, 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 that perspective, that dimension to you has totally deepened. But I feel like there's been a bit of an inversion in that where the, where the crisis was perhaps forefront, there's two other very subtle interactions, uh, three perhaps even, that are actually the ones that move to the forefront in your story as I, as I hear it. And so, and so that experience of the of the chaplain, the hand on your shoulder, and and the presence remaining, that that really comes to the forefront, and 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 really stands out. In fact, even more so than the healing experience, and then and then also the that events uh, where you where you tell the story about the the girl, 
and that sense of the presence of God and the and the recession of that presence, the, the moving away. So so those two really in my mind come to stand as as the pivotal experiences and the key experiences that you know in, in your story. And so I'm 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 just sitting with that. I'm just I'm I, I'm just aware again of what kind of assumptions I'm I'm perhaps cued for or programmed for to that, that I come to a conversation like this with and just cued again for the importance of listening to allow the meaning of your story to to emerge in terms of what your story means to you rather than what I'd necessarily want to take from your story or necessarily what I'd put from on your story or even possibly what I'd remember as being key. Um, so I'm, I'm just very aware of that in terms of your and I connection and my understanding of your story. So that's that's at the forefront of my head, but I'm left with how the subtle personal connection <laughs> is tremendously profound and yet it's it's not a voice connection it's um it's a, it's a touch it's a it's a it's it, it's a it's a presence um and it's a it's a received presence and and very much a two-way interaction and and so there's a lot in that that i i, I guess that i'm i'm left with that i'm I've got the I've got the tremendous privilege that I'm going to be able to edit this, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be able to sit with that again and dig into it. And there hasn't been time in between for me to do that. So so I'm just left with the impression, and, and the impression sits with me as a strong impression that this was, this the the meaning of that as a as an event far outweighs just the simplicity of it, and in that sense, it's it's disarming. Um, yeah. So, so that's that's just my initial that's just my initial thoughts. Cool. The the timeline is a little obscure for me, a little vague. But at some point, and and it it comes to a focal point yesterday for me. That's very clear. At some point, I move from a very clear certainty of my story and how I will tell my story and how I have been telling my story to a very confused picture and I'm completely unsure what do I tell and what is real and, and I need to qualify real and and what is what is honest and and what is helpful and and the number sort of things there. And by real I don't mean that as I look back I question, you know, kind of did this factually happen so much as I'm aware that there is a narrative I have been telling both myself and other people about my story. And I'm aware that I have been telling it in a certain way and for a certain reason. But the invitation to come and tell my story here is almost a fresh invitation. And it has, it has landed with me in such a way that I've been able to look at my story differently. And so when I hear you say that, I, I think, so let me quickly reflect. I think what I'm hearing you saying is that you expected my telling of my story of experience with God essentially to hinge around the accident. Yes. And so I don't know what the timeline is, but let's say three weeks ago, I would have agreed with you completely. I, I wouldn't have blinked an eye. I would have said, absolutely. That, that is the, that is the lynch point of this entire, the linchpin, <laughs> lynch point sounds horrendous. That's the linchpin. <laughs> That's the linchpin of this entire thing. It's it's all about that experience. And that's when I met God. Yeah. But the more I drilled down into that, I realized, but I didn't really. I can't honestly say I had a meeting with God through that. There's an awareness. 
I'm aware of the fact that I should have died and I didn't. And there are a couple of like, you know, if I, if I tell the story of the accident in long form, there's some moments there where I'm, I'm, I'm like 99% certain I should have died and I didn't. And so as I look back, I can discern God's intervention. But the moment, for example, the moment my arm, my hand went through the pane of glass and I climbed down off the chair that I was standing on and I looked and I saw and I realized in that moment, I'm going to die. I said, oh God, I don't want to die. But that was not a, that was not a connective statement. I, I wasn't, that, that was a, holy shit, <laughs> this is happening. And if I don't do something right now, I am going to die. And I look back into those moments and, I, and I'm aware at some level that God is present in the way that I am, you know, I talked about the impersonal, personal. I'm aware of God's presence in a way previous to, to that. But that's not a meeting. And so the more I looked at that, the more I realized that's not the story I can tell, honestly. But it is a story I've been telling for years and years and years, that that's how I met God. And so it is and it isn't. And, and so having to disentangle the kind of the agenda out of it really plunged me into uncertainty. And I suddenly had to think like, what do I, <laughs> how do I tell this story if I'm not trying to, essentially, that was my conundrum with that. Perhaps that's why that memory came up or one of the reasons, you know, doing that talk on that weekend. I'm aware that doing that talk is about convincing the listeners to sign up for a belief system and that the talk is structured in such a way that you have to arrive at that conclusion, that you have to push people towards that. And yet because of the experiences I've then had that I, you know, that I drew back to, for example, that hand on the shoulder, et cetera, I'm aware that there's a lot more going on and that actually the, the, the priority is the connection as opposed to the belief system. But I've told that story of the accident so many times that it has become synonymous with the connection with God. But I realized that it wasn't. And so that allowed that hand on the shoulder moment to emerge as, as the actual connection moment. And that was fascinating for me too. So I guess I'm trying to say I was also quite surprised, <laughs> Basically, yeah, I, I, to be honest. I, I feel like my, my, my expectations going into the conversation were, were shaped by previous conversations we had where that was the lead story. And, and, and that was totally fair. My expectations were fair. Your expectations and how you told that story in the past has been fair as well, like in the sense of, you know, I guess what, what you're schooled into, you know, what we're schooled into with those things, right? And, and, and I was, I was very aware going into the conversation, <laughs> which is where I was a little bit nervous as to whether I could do justice to the conversation to hear your story, because, because there is the sense that there is more to it, but I don't know what that more is. And the more to it is just, a you know, it, it, it it's how, how to shape this, you know, how, how can we in that connection enable that to come forward, but also the sense of, 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 of. Um, the openness to perhaps that is the whole story as well. Perhaps I do know the story, but the sense of going, perhaps I don't know the story <laughs> and going, you know what? I'm actually just, I'm genuinely inquisitive, which is, which is also why I want to hear that story again. 
and and um, why I think sometimes these stories need to be told a few times because it's in the telling of these stories that the meaning that we start making the meaning of it and that we start to get the sense of does that meaning hold true or is the story perhaps something else you know and when getting past what 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 the story is expected to be we can get to the story that actually is um, and in that there's there's a stark contrast between the interventionist that is not personal <laughs> and and the subtle come stand by you you know um and even stand by you during an agenda driven thing and and you know my question then starts becoming yes you expected to deliver a talk in a particular way there um mm. sorry i'm just i'm just i'm just linking between mm -hmm. all of these and bouncing Gosh, between yes. them but but this but the difference between the subtle you know if there isn't perhaps even an approval withdrawal of approval in in within that as a as an event as you're telling that story you know the sense of like i'm i'm here with you this is what i'm here for you're going on to an agenda okay that's not what i'm here for you know so 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 suddenly there i start bringing into into things like um betty martin's got this thing on the on the circle of consent um i don't know if you're familiar with it i'm not yeah carry on. you know and it, it's the question of like who's asking to do what to who and who's asking for what to be done to them you know so the difference between you know you you know in her context going for a you, you go to a service provider like a caregiver like an occupational therapist the one person's doing something the other person's receiving something but there's no there's no personal interaction even though it is personal right it, it's intimate in the sense that there's touch and occupational therapy and all that kind of stuff but it's not intimate in the sense of one person's getting enjoyment out of it and the other person's you know based on what they're what they're doing and the other person getting enjoyment on the basis of what they're receiving that would be crossing the boundaries right that's beyond the circle of consent there and, and i think when it comes to spirituality it would be helpful if we if we almost visited a circle of consent like that in relation to this because often the expectation is that, you know, the person getting up to tell the story is supposed to evoke a response in someone. But are those person, you know, is the audience or are people there for that response or not? Where's the boundaries of consent when it comes to that kind of thing? So, so my head, yeah, this is where I say I, I, I leap from the, from, from the story and, and the conversation that we're having yeah, into almost the philosophy and the abstract in that sense. Because, because I, I don't know if in the way that we understand spirituality that the relational dynamics of consent and and intimacy and meeting between persons is at the forefront in it um whereas when i start hearing your story like yesterday i i started to get the impression that there's a there's a there's a that god the divine looks for reciprocity and in interaction so yes there's intervention you know like Oh my god i'm going to die i've had this accident and awareness of a presence and you, you lived and you know there's there's a going into unconsciousness and a waking up related to that you know it, it's multi-dimensional mm. in that sense right um mm. the the relationship between whoever arrives on the scene and takes you away or the, the divine agent that perhaps helps and saves you in that as well you're not necessarily as consciously present to that right and 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 that that's that that situation itself calls for an intervention but an intervention isn't personal in the sense of the divine hand rests on your shoulder mm, <laughs> and that touch mm, is received mm. there's that's that's a very different touch now now 
that boundary of 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 I'm yearning for a relationship that perhaps I don't even know how to ask for, and from both sides, um, and that meeting together comes into it. So here again, I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm you know I'm obviously speculating, and 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 my head's running off with stuff that is 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 you know possibly not fair to bringing in here but but my head automatically goes to some of those places and just and just wonders because i feel like there's something so important to this turnaround in your story here you know the expectation at least for me the turnaround between i'm expecting a very clear interventionist (laughs) and then it, it becomes there's there's a transition to uncertainty to an unsure story to something explorative yesterday that I deeply appreciate and that suddenly just it just it just opens it opens up my curiosity it opens up my my interest to want to explore it more whereas I can I can more easily just boundary the the, the intervention you know the the accidents and the you know it's, it's a lot easier to go okay cool I, I, I hear you Steve but then I'm discounting a lot of the personal in it whereas in the later ones I go to for me to really hear you I, I, it invites me into explore the personal more I think that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> if any of that makes sense and is is murkily clear, <laughs> I think so. Because <clears throat> I mean, there's a, there's a number of things that I feel that you're saying there that I just want to be certain of. Kind of each 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 line of thinking with that. Some of it, what I understand you saying is so. For example, in the in my experience of the of the accident, let's say, there's. There's there's a presence that even at the even though if I'm not aware of it at the time as I look back I, I have a sense of a presence that is active and engaged in the we talk about the saving element right but it's not personal in the same way that for example I mean I I remember flashes of the ambulance drive to hospital I can remember the paramedic sitting alongside me. Shout, shouting at the ambulance driver, like, hey, driver, go carefully. My pa-, and it, it said something about my patient is sliding all over the show. And they were rushing me to hospital, so I get that. But it was, it's a really weird moment of this, like, of this interaction. And there's a very active thing going there. And I remember lying there and looking up at this, at this there, was a, a, there was a man and a woman, paramedic, in the back of the ambulance with me. And they're there and they're present to me and I'm present to them. I have no idea what their names are. I don't know where they come from, who they are as people. We made no real connection. But but I owe them my life. Now there's also a point where jaded paramedics can't make a personal connection, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll leave that to one side for the moment, but but yes, but but if that's part of what I hear you saying is 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 there's something there that is present that is very active, but it's not personal. It's part of it. But in the in the the hand on the shoulder moment, there's something that is there that is personal. And that that is that is a very different kind of presence, even though I discern it to be coming from the same source, if I could put it that way. There's a there's a different manifestation, but I think you're also talking about the yearning of both sides, so not just the presence that is active in the saving, in the accident moments, and the presence that is active in the hand on the shoulder, but there is also my presence, 
my desire for connection. I mean, I part of why I remember that ambulance drive is I was, you know, I didn't know it then, but I can look back. I was desperate for connection with those paramedics. I thought I was going to die. And I needed some human to human. This is, okay, I'll, I'll get to my next point on that so I don't confuse the issue. <laughs> but I, I feel as I look back that I, I just needed that human to human connection, some reassurance that I was not going to die. And at the same time, part of what really fascinates me about the interplay between experience and the abstract is experience is kind of a raw data form. The abstract is like, I think my, my, my wife used to be a photographer and so she used, to, she used to work with both of these sort of elements. She would work with raw data, which is the actual picture she takes of a client. And then she would take that from the camera and she would place it on a computer. And so there's a transfer there that's happening, but she would then, she would do things to that image to enhance it. And, and she would edit essentially. She's still working with the raw data, but she is handling it in such a way that to a certain extent, without really pushing the analogy, she's making meaning out of the raw data. Now, is that, is that making more of the raw data than, than it actually is? And, and that's what I find fascinating about. So I think of myself in the ambulance, for example, and I think back into that moment of what I was not present at the time. Am I making more of that experience? Am I taking on it and am I building out from it as I abstract? Or... Is that an important part of understanding what I was actually feeling and becoming present now to something I wasn't able to be present to in that moment? I think if, if somebody had stopped me running from point A to point B, which was part of my accident experience, to get help and said, just take a minute, like take a couple of deep breaths. Are you aware of God's presence right now? <laughs> I probably <laughs> would, have, would have punched them with my good hand. Because that's, I, I don't have capacity in that moment to be aware of that. I only have that capacity now to think back. Is that making more of the experience than it is? I'm not sure. I don't think so. But there's this fascinating interplay for me between the actual raw data of the experience and what it is and the abstract and how we, how we process and think back and understand. And, you know, I see that in the hand on the shoulder as well, you know, and and that's also, I think, part of what I hear you talking about is in the processing of some of this raw data, things emerge that weren't initially potentially clear for me. One of those parts definitely is that that moment in that chapel of that hand on my shoulder is a lot more meaningful than I have initially filed it as. It's been filed as oh, it was just a, a thing, but... But now to hear it reflected back at me as a, a non-verbal but personal interaction with the being that has been non-verbally present, but not present in this way previously, provides a nuance to that that, was, that has been completely missing. And that's perhaps part of, in some way, perhaps part of what I hear you talking about as well. Another thread that you're talking about is kind of the 
the accident in in some ways if this is what i hear you saying is is quite easily boxed and packaged and and it's it's easily communicable in a way this is me then i have this experience it's quite life altering changing blah 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 then there's a big change oh look at that god as opposed to the hand is a lot more subtle and nuanced and perhaps even less flashy but it's very different so, so I, I really like this analogy that you're working with between almost uh, the raw data and the compressed presentations that we do, because because you 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 tune in to that raw data to come up with the image. You know, you going with the photography analogy, right? Mm, mm. Um, digital photography, and so and so I, I'm aware that 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 accident scenario and how it plays out, we almost have our our templates for how to interpret that and in those temp and using those templates we select from your experience and then we tell we, we can tell a story and that that fits a particular narrative we don't have similar filters or similar templates for the later experiences that you have and 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 yet when we look back at those raw things and we, we dial in or we tune into going, you know, because that's that's the thing when you're working with raw data. The data is there in the shadow, the data is there in the highlights. You can you can then tune your your representation or draw things out because the data is there. So so what you're doing is you you just you're just drawing it out. It, it's not that it's not available. It's just that often when you look at the JPEG or the or the or the PNG or you know the GIF or whatever. Um, compressed format that we have we've made a selection from that data and and in experience like this what I like about this is that is that we start going into that experience we start drawing out what is present there but perhaps has not been given attention was not been given prominence and here what comes out is not is is not a someone looking back at an experience going I need to imagine a presence having been there and that then changes my view it's going back and going, actually, there was a presence. And you know what? I can discern the difference between a more intimate or more personal presence and a presence that was around during an intervention, if if, if that makes sense. So I, I really, I really do like that analogy. I think it's it's um I think it's quite apt. Because experience teaches us nothing. You know, we learn as we reflect on experience. You know, we can we can repeat the same experience year after year, 20 years in a row. We don't have 20 years of experience. We've got 20 years of the same experience. It's, it's not the same thing as growing from it. Taking time like this to look at this um, or to tell that story, you know, it brings it brings us back to that experience and allows that experience to then inform us in a deeper way about what, what the meaning is that we could take from it, you know. I want to ask you to say some more about the templates there, because I think that's a fascinating space. Say some more in terms of the templates that you're thinking of around interpreting and the shift in templates, the templates that we that we have uh, versus the templates we don't have, the templates that we might discover if we let go of some of the previous templates that we either have created or been given. If you're happy with that, talk a little bit more to that. I think we get used to telling stories in a particular way and that becomes a template. So our framework is, is often, you know, we're looking for a crisis event and we're looking for a crisis conversion. You know, that goes back to the, um, you know, the modern kind of spiritual background. Like, why are we telling the story? We're telling the story 
to sell the idea of God to other people so that they sign up for it. So that that's a template. It's got a particular structure to it. You know, we're looking for a before and after. We're looking for the the events. We're looking for the life change. And and overall, we're looking. You know, you'll be looking for like Steve. Did your character change? Did you did you commit to the beliefs more and the and the activities more? Did you attend church more? You know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. We're looking for the so-called like 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 fruits or the evidence that this was real as opposed to just an emotional experience. So all of those in you know that whole construct is a it, it's like a template it's it it's what we're looking for we're looking to go someone is reporting an experience i've got this idea in my head and i'm evaluating your experience against that <laughs> you know or 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 in a way like you like, like you say when you when you're expected to stand up and talk to a bunch of people at a youth camp you're expected to tell a story that's got a particular impact you know again that's a that's a template you're selecting from your experience and in that sense, you, you you're actually distant from it because you're not you're not necessarily present to the telling of your story while you're telling your story. You're present to why you're telling the story and for what purpose you're telling it. Um, if that if that makes sense. And I'm using the royal you. Yeah, I, I don't mean to no, be no, accusatory. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good for, for yeah. a second. But then but then I think we're also in spirituality. We we're, we're often taught that in spirituality or spiritual accompaniment, what we do is we. We'll look at an event like that and we'll say, okay, Steve, now I want you to imagine God being present. I want you to imagine your idea of God being present. So perhaps Jesus or the Holy Spirit or the, you know, God the Father or something like that. I want you to imagine that. And now in that imagination, how does that change your experience of the trauma, right? Yeah, yeah you're working imaginatively with something. That, that, that in itself is also a template. It's a it's a it's a template that a spiritual director is given to help you interpret or reinterpret trauma and arrive at a you know at a healthier place <laughs> or a more integrated place you know afterwards. Now I'm I'm aware that that's an that's an external imposition, which is different to something like this where in in telling in telling the the experience, I'm interested to see always whether those relational things naturally emerge or whether it has to be imposed on it, if that makes sense. And, and I'm I'm aware that again, that's a template, that's a that's a framework, and, and that that in a sense is is helpful when it comes to the raw data again, because it's what what lenses on, <laughs> what what selection of da- available data is our lens able to take and work with, you know. And again, in terms of the presentation, what selection are we taking, you know? And sometimes when we when we tell the story. We're told, no, Steve, you lasso this out of your experience and you tell that, but don't tell the rest. So I guess there is that. But then the other thing is, is, is the more emergent perspective is to, is to allow those connections to emerge as you tell the story. And that's where I think something like last night was very fruitful because I didn't for the life of me expect uh, that, that chaplain moment with a hand on your shoulder that wouldn't be at the forefront of my mind in terms of an event that can carry as much weight as it did. And yet it's got such little cognitive or such less, it's, it's got so much less content, you know, in a sense, you know, it's, it's got so much less drama, you know. Yeah, yeah yet, it's very, it, it doesn't have the flash. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have the flash. But, but within your story of, of seeking the relational connection, it carries so much weight without that flash. And, and that's, that's valuable. Yes, absolutely. I I just thought, I mean, that's a very fruitful area to explore. Um, I think for two reasons. Firstly, because I lived that in the last few weeks and specifically yesterday into last night. 
And secondly, I just thought that that, that was an area that I didn't want to leave not teased out uh, potentially for our listeners because I, I think it's quite subtle. At least it's been quite subtle for me. The idea of, you know, as you talk through, of, often from a from a communication perspective within religious communities, especially where the agenda is to convince people to sign up, to be more on board, to drink more of the Kool-Aid, the lens that is applied, you know, as you talk about um, using, using these, these, these perspectives, these uh, frameworks, um, these templates was the original word that you used, which is so helpful. Um, that's, that's quite subtle because the, the point is, is it, <laughs> it's always marketing. It's always to, to sell more of this product. And so to present something as boring and as arbitrary as sitting in a little room and feeling a hand on your shoulder, there is no flash and pop to that. Like who the hell is going to buy that? It, it, it's not fascinating, but you know, and, and that's partly why I've always felt a little bit, I've, I've often felt a bit uncomfortable about telling my story it, the way I used to tell it, because it does feel a little extreme. Like I was living like this, then I almost died and I'm a Christian. And you kind of think, well, that's, that's, that's really unex, inaccessible for people who've never almost died. Like how, what do they do with that? And I realized last night that, that that very vague discomfort that I've felt, I think has a roots in it's trying to tell me because that's a marketing ploy. And, and so that's all fine and well, but, but how do you buy that product when you haven't died? Like there, there is a, there is a sense of, of the fake to that. And, and I think that that's just a, a fruitful area to look through and go, well, what if the lens really is just the experience itself? In the same way that, you know, I mean, like what, what, uh, what reality dating show has just everyday people, you know, I don't know, sitting at a bar, chatting, meeting at a party, uh, eating pizza in their pajamas, watching a movie, like that's got no flash. You know, the stuff that sells has got like people running around with almost no clothes on, or it's like really weird funny awkward dating encounters everyone's heavily made up like that's that's what's selling and yet that's that's not a large part of the content at least as i understand it of the human experience of, of entering relationships with other human beings hey look i'm, I'm getting the idea for a photo shoot here in mind i, I think i need to uh, <laughs> edit that yeah. in my head <laughs> yeah. but it's but it's very yeah it's it there's a there's a there's a level of unreality to that, which which is very clear to me, having looked at that more clearly. My the truth of my experience, as best as I can describe it, through who I am today, is that moment that even as I talk about it, and I'm free to talk about it more and more for what it is, rather than what it must mean or how effective it is or whatever else is of something that for me is actually very meaningful. And I can wish it away or hope that it's better or hope that it's flashier, but you know, that, that would be, that would perhaps be taking me into that space in that room as I gave that talk where I had a sense of the real and then I moved into the more 
doctrinal and what needs to be said and, and a sense of the presence leaving. Um, because that's, it's not unimportant, but it's to a certain extent, it's less real. Um, so yeah, I just, I just thought that was a very useful space for us to tease out a bit around that because yeah, I think it's very subtle and it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? I think it's in some ways it's a it's an it's an uncritiqued lens that I realized that I was given that I've never looked at clearly enough and gone why is this uncomfortable why have I always squirmed when I've listened to people with these my whole life was shit and everything was going wrong but God I, I hate those I I just want to scrub the inside of my skin with a with a, a wire scrubbing brush when I listen to those stories. And and it's like, wow, you know, and I don't want to discount the potential that there are spaces where that's really real, but where that seems to be 90% at least of like the evangelical church's presentation of testimony stories, I'm just like, oh my word. And then it's followed by the all eyes are closed and well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah if yeah, if yeah, you but... also want an experience like this and you think, well, shit, does that mean I need to, I don't know, lose everything in my life? All my children must die, lose my business. I'm taking drugs, living on the street. Like, wh like what? Do I have to pursue that? I've, I've Essentially, I've got to make my life like that. My narrative has to change. I have to enter into that experience. I have to appropriate that experience to meet with this God. God doesn't seem to meet with people who have a, you know, semi-functional life and business and whatever. I've got to, like one of my arms has got to fall off or, you know, <laughs> for, for for this to happen, as opposed to this 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 happens in in very very many real and different and very meaningful and sometimes awkward and seemingly boring or whatever it is ways, as opposed to the big flash, and that for me is very helpful and I'm hopeful it's helpful for people listening to go oh okay yeah yeah there's something in that. It's a bit clumsy, but I just thought that that was very important what I'm saying. I thought you covered it better. <laughs> well, I thought you covered it better. So right back at you. <laughs> so, so I must say, I'm, I, I'm tempted to ask. Um, hmm. So I'm going to, <laughs> Good. you know, in, in your ongoing, you know, I want to use the word spirituality, but it, it just sounds so naff yeah, right? In your ongoing <laughs> quest towards um, relational engagement with God, do you, do you have a handle of like what you're expecting some of what you want in those interactions? Are you, are you looking, I guess, in one sense towards a, a more personal presence like that, a more tangible encounters in, in that practice? And to what extent are you, are you aware of that when you take time out to meet with God and how much of that is, is defined by the absence of that? It's a very unclear question because I, f I feel like this is a this is a very untapped untapped thing. I, when people talk spiritual disciplines, when people talk prayer or spirituality in general, they don't talk presence and engagement like this, <laughs> you know. So, so I'm wondering, after that experience of of the presence and the and the hand on your back, is there is there a sense of of wanting that presence to return when you turn? to quote unquote spirituality as a 
as, as a sense of like talking to God or, you know, wanting to engage God? Are you looking more and more to those kind of tangible experiences or, or where are you at in relation to that? Do you feel permission to that? Does that as an experience open up the possibility of that? You know, this is an open-ended question. I don't actually have a, a clear question yet. Like I, I'm wondering how that in retrospect now that you're aware of this, to what extent has, has that been creating a dissatisfaction in your spirituality and creating a sense of what you're looking for? I think that's as clear as I can come to a question. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. The difficulty for me immediately in answering that is that it requires almost, I, I won't do that because <laughs> we don't have time, but um, it, it requires, it requires, um, there's 20 years have passed between the person who I was then and the person who I am now. And so at a very simple mathematical level, it requires 20 different versions of me to answer that question as I become more and more who I am today. And so I can answer that very simply as who I am today. I could answer it by speaking for my 20 year old self as well. But there's, there's a huge process that I'm aware of at the time as, as my understanding of what you're asking, my understanding of the experience, there's, there's what I invested my time in, there's the institutions that I was a part of, the, the, the sort of social circles, the sort of the culture, for lack of a better word, of the different spiritual settings, the spiritualities, the practices, the teachings, all those sorts of things that are at play over, over a somewhat diverse set of backgrounds over a lot of time. Um, and, and so it makes it, so it's not possible to give a simple answer to that. And I'm not expecting that you wanted a simple answer. Yeah, but I'm not not I'm expecting just, a simple answer, but I, yeah, I, I, I didn't I guess, think so. Yeah, but I'm yeah. sketching out the the complexity to start with, because this is something else I read yesterday in this this uh, this essay I was reading about uh, C.G. Jung. He was talking about the essentially that the I'm going to butcher this. So I'm going to give you my interpretation as applied to my life and how I understand this relationally. The vehicle that I use to relate to myself and others and God is myself. And so a growing awareness of myself and a growing investigation of myself, a growing investment of time in who and what I am, a growing allowance of who and what I am to emerge more and more over time changes the nature of that engagement. In some ways I'm able to do it better deeper in a more healthy way but I'm also I, I I do as opposed to I'm able I do it in a far more complex and sometimes confusing way and that for me is I mean th there is one of the reasons I'm so drawn to Richard Raw's simple cycle of order chaos reorder you know the self who I am at 20 is a is a is if like if you take a snapshot there, there's an ordered self there that is at the same time moving into a process of, of disorder or chaos as I'm grappling with some new parts of myself, new parts of the world, new challenges, new growth opportunities, new anxieties, etc. And I'm simultaneously also restructuring some of that and integrating that into who I am. So there's 
all these processes going on over a long period of time. And so I'm aware that I think there's, there's two very important things happening at when I'm 20 following those experiences amongst others. But in terms of answering your question, the two things that come to mind are that what happens there and subsequent experiences are, are some of the most real things that are happening to me in that period in my life. And I desire more of them for whatever value I can attribute to the word desire at that point, for whatever value I am able at that point within myself, myself to say, I'm allowed to desire those and and I know how to seek those and to desire them more. But what is running concurrent with that at that point in life is, is I am immersing myself in a new community, in a new church culture that I am that I'm joining. And, and in fact, there's two church cultures over the period of about 18 months that run almost concurrently. And the one is the small group with the chaplain and these two other sort of young peers of mine. And the other becomes a young adult and older adult. Uh, what essentially is a, is, a, is a service that happens on a Sunday evening hosted at a local church. And I join that community. And very quickly, I get into serving within that community, working with young people, running groups myself, starting to do music in the church, etc. And so I'm immediately drawn into a schooling, consciously and subconsciously, around what it means to do this. And sometimes I think those things run well together with little friction, and other times I think there's friction. But if I look back at 20-year-old self, I'm not immediately aware of a friction. They seem synonymous for me. But the doing of church and the ideas of God and the relating with others, you know, via mediations of priests and teachers and mentors and the Bible and prayer, et cetera, et cetera, seems synonymous with the meeting experientially with God. And some of that I think is quite good and quite healthy and quite lovely. And, and it sets a, a foundation for me that, that, that stimulates this ongoing desire for the presence of God, even though I don't have language for it at that point, and others sets a, a foundation for something that I understand over time to become more and more warped and is actually challenging the access for me to the presence of God. That's, that's like a, a snapshot at, at 20, roughly. Thank you for that. I, I think the other thing is, is, is there's a possibility and, and I just want to check that, that, that in telling the story yesterday, a, a new lens opens up for you, like not just retrospectively, but also potentially looking forward. And, and by that, I mean the emergence, the, the transition from the, the one event being the key around which your story is told and, and hence, I think, interpreted by yourself and for others um, and the potential shifts to the more intimate um relational connection y you know there's the potential that that in telling the story and in that shift taking place in the conversation last night that that enables a shift in your retrospective and in your practice going forward as well does that does that make sense and i i 
you know and 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 if so does that how does that land with you yeah i th yeah i think i understand the question as you pose it i th i think there's definitely a i sense a shaking within myself of a shaking of a of a of a certainty pillar within me around how i've structured my understanding of the in some ways the beginning of the journey of what brings me to to where i am and and there's a way in which i look back and i i understand it differently now i think what's also part of that if i link this one with the question that you asked just previously is that in this in this journey of this process of becoming the more and the more i've been able to invest in understanding myself the better able i am to understand what these practices what the presence of god what being aware of the presence and absence of god what practicing all of that would look like and what i'm allowed to i guess hope for expect want in moments you know where you talk about what is it like to actually now seek out the presence of god or spend time or you know w with god is that is that looking forward i can see that also as part of this self exploration process and and going i i am discovering a self how can i put this I'm becoming more present to a self and its needs and its desires. And I am in some sense experimenting, in some sense becoming more confident with, with owning that self and showing up as that self in wanting to relate to God. If I think about your question about looking back sort of retrospectively and then thinking forward i definitely have a sense of wanting to to shed it almost feels a bit like a skin to be shed of needing to control sort of interactive moments with god towards an agenda specifically directed at human others and wanting the and wanting the the connection with god to be what it is but there's also something that i'm becoming aware of in the last six months or so within myself of a desire for relationship on an equal footing with god and with others where where i'm not seeking to control the relationship that's still quite murky for me and i'm certain that it is i know that there's like control issues in my life and that's connected back to some of the process of relationship with my father um i know. i th i think it's a, it's a natural byproduct of trauma for people to want to then control the future and that's something that i'm very aware of in myself and wanting to be present to and wanting to go okay if I'm going to relate to God, I need to, it sounds really weird, but I need to back off and, and stop kind of trying to dictate to God. This is what our relationship is going to look like. 
and that runs concurrently with this emergence and a growing sense of me being able to say, but I do want it to look certain ways. And almost trying to hold those things. Yeah, trying to hold all those things together. And how does one remain very present to oneself in an honest, authentic way and show up as that person with needs, with pains, with hopes, and show up in a way relationally with the other that doesn't smother the other with those expectations, hopes, etc. So the other shows up completely. It sounds really weird for me to suggest that I'm able to smother God, but yeah, I, I had the faintest sense this morning. I sat for 10, 15 minutes when I woke up this morning, the faintest sense of God drawing near and my need to not chase God in that moment as, as if I've been chasing God away with my desperation to meet with God. And I don't know how to explain it other than that feeling that's been growing over time for the last six months. And this morning was a sense of almost, don't say anything, like no sudden movements, almost like, like seeing a wild animal, to be, to be very honest. And trying to hold those pieces together of myself and go, but like I am desperate for you to actually be here. But I don't want to smother you with that desperation. But I also don't want to shelve the parts of me that are like I really want to connect with you, God. And if you are here, I don't want to chase you off, but I don't want to seem indifferent. I don't want to be aloof. I don't want to be, you know, I, I don't want to hold you at arm's length. I don't want to grab you and tell you you can't leave. I, it's a very confusing sort of thing. And I, I think some of that has to do with with processing, looking back and going, I, I've controlled that narrative around God and what God did in my life. And even that requires a bit more thinking as I say it, I think. That, that's a little bit of a, I wasn't really expecting that to come out, but that's, thank that's you. an attempt thank, at an answer. Thank you, thank you for sharing that and thank you for going there. I, I think the one thing I just wanna say is, is um, I, I, by no means are you a controlling person from what I've experienced. So I just wanna, I just wanna clarify that in that sense, you know. Like, <laughs> but, but speaking at the deeper level, the, in intimate relationships, there is a sense of, there is always the question of like, are my needs valid or are my needs valued? Am I allowed to express them? Am I able to express them? How is the other person going to respond? Is it going to be a yes? Is it going to be a no? Is it going to be a hell no? <laughs> you mm, know, et cetera, mm. et cetera. There's, a, um, there's, 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 a, there's an awareness of having a need and an awareness of the other person having a response to that. Um, you know, and, and that can get into feedback loop and, and, and that kind of thing. And and in relationships that we value, that comes out. In relationships that we don't value, non-intimate relationships, um, not close relationships, that doesn't come out. <laughs> you know, so so y you have a normal transaction with someone. You're going to the shop to buy bread or milk. <laughs> mm. It's it's a very surface level, but that's that's needs, that's wants, that's negotiated. Those are those are quite clear. The closer the relationship is, the deeper those things that are within us, um, the trickier it becomes to 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 have a framework for connection that isn't just driven by need. <laughs> if that makes if that makes sense, you know. And so 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 getting into this 
territory in terms of your spirituality in that sense of the presence of God, this is this is very deep territory. This is this is where an intimate relationship is made or broken, and and there's the awareness that you have that you can chase an intimate other away, even including the divine other, which defies the rational. Oh, this God is powerful. God just bulldozes. God doesn't have needs. You know, etc. etc. Whereas here, there's a subtlety, and it's a change of the narrative because, you know, you do and God does. And, and there's, there's a bit of an unveiling to yourselves and to each other about what that is. And, and the fact that to build a, a, a new significant relationship with God at this deeper level is a rediscovery of yourself and a rediscovery of God. And that means that, that, that you as, as both instruments and experiments um, ends up being the the place or the locus of a of a newer deeper experiments to become a different product you know like yes where the analogy starts tripping up right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but 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 it, it's quite profound what you what you, what you, what you're saying there because you have an awareness that the presence draws near and it also withdraws and and the question of going but why do you withdraw and why do you draw near and the sense of but i want to draw near and i also want to withdraw at times and and to what extent is there an interplay between building the relationship at that level? What's the possibility of it? You know, these are. This is not an easy temp. We're not given this as a template. We're not given a framework for this. We're not even given the possibility of it. I don't feel. And so, so, so you know, it's like octopuses would probably rule the world if they had some kind of parental direction as opposed to octopuses. <laughs> everyone's everyone's got to figure out for themselves, right? And I think in terms of this, the spirituality, we're like octopuses. Yes, we're sentient, but we, we're, we're having to work this out for ourselves. No one teaches us to use these tools. <laughs> you know, we, we've, we've, got to, we've got to battle away at it. And so I'm, I'm feeling like there's a dimension here that, I, that I'm really appreciating hearing about because I feel like I'm, I'm in the same boat. So hearing your story, enables me to go yes in my story i have these elements as well you know I, I i equally have a sense of of that chase away or equally have a sense of like oh my needs valid are my wants valid you know can i can i ask you know and and what is what is being told no or being told yes mean you know those are deeply challenging as well um because you know what do you require of god for the relationship to actually work for you at that deep relational level that's different to the markers of faith and institutional relationships Mm-hmm. And and those um, those templates are so easy, but you're right. I, when I cast so, like when I shuffle through them, I've got a number of templates available in my hands. But I I just <laughs> for some reason I can't get the scene out of the the Simpsons movie out of my head. <laughs> but early on, everything's going to hell, and they're all sitting in church, and Homer picks up the Bible and starts flipping through and suddenly shouts, this book doesn't have any answers. <laughs> but it's, it's similar there. I, I have a number of templates, but I, I have no template for that feeling this morning. Like what all-powerful God slips into a room quietly, and if you respond too fast or too aggressively or whatever it might be, disappears. I don't have a template for that. And so I can reject that and go, oh, it's stupid, you're just making that up because God is too powerful and 
God can't be scared by you. And, you know, even some of the stuff which I feel I, I feel I know, and I'm, I'm talking about relational knowing here about God, you know, like God can take your arguments, God can take you shaking your fist at God, that sort of stuff. Even some of that is now nuanced because I, I can take that, that experiential knowing relational knowledge and I can transform that into a, into a club and I can say, God, you will always behave like this. I, I will now, I will control you in this relationship to be safe and predictable. And every time I have a problem, you're going to sit there and take it from me. And I'm going to shout at you and you're going to be okay with that because look at you. You're this wonderful, big, strong, powerful God who gets to, uh, who deals well with my temper tantrums. Or I can be present to that feeling this morning and go, Perhaps there's something in that, and perhaps God is nuanced in God's manifestation in such a way that God can go. I'm not sticking around. You know, now now I am really projecting meaning, but it's because I'm asking the question and I'm wondering. Perhaps God's going, I'm not sticking around for that. Every time I pitch up, you're like, come here, come here, come here. You can't leave. I'm going to run. It freaks me out. I, I don't like that. It, it triggers all of my abandonment issues, <laughs> anxieties, you know, all that sort of stuff there. But, but that doesn't mean that I get to control the interaction, at least as part of my current position. And I'm trying to lean into that incredibly awkward sense of, okay, well, then who are you and what are you and how are you showing up today? Because if I'm allowed to do that, which is a, also this growing process, this awareness, I'm allowed to show up and say, I need you. Perhaps you're also allowed to say, oh, well, I don't need you today. And I don't like that. <laughs> but, but it's not just because I don't like it that it gets to not be true or there's something subtle there or there's a, well, I do like you and I do want to be around you, but it's difficult to be around you when you're like this or whatever it might be. And, and yeah, as you're saying, like for me, in some ways, that's, that's off the map territory. I don't have a template for that. And some of that is encouraging because I think, okay, well, I'll, I'll build a template, a relational template that starts to understand that as part of my experience between God and I, or I can Yeah, I can essentially, I can just move backwards and go, no, this relationship can't look like that. You have to show up whenever I call. You have to speak whenever I say so. You have to act whenever I say so. You have to, whatever it is, you, you have to, is the, is the operative part there as opposed to, I need you to, I'd like you to, um, Yeah, that's part of the chaos space, the building of the template. Yeah, and and it's one kind of certainty to another. You know, it's the, the either the certainty of complete absence and, you know, like we'll do it in your stead and you'll be around or or the certainty of going, you know, that, that always or, or, you know, trying to trying to rely on that as opposed to there being a relational independence of God wanting you to grow into your own self. Um, and be part of that and then at times draw near to you at times have you draw near to God 
you know, at times you go ahead in a situation, at times you discover God there ahead of you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's a difference between the dynamic relational partnership between persons who are present and doing something together and the dynamic, uh, the intradynamic partnership with an idea <laughs> and the certainty that we can have because our idea is certain. So we build a picture of certainty and we can rely on that. Why? Because we've established that as opposed to the, the invitational, the relational, the participatory, the mutuality in that. It's a different, it's a different kind of thing. I, you know, so the long and short of what I'm saying is there's a profound difference to a spirituality that emerges in relation to events and experiences like that chaplain touch God remaining with you thing. That is a spirituality is, is remarkably different to the kind of spirituality that's easy to put up on a pedestal and get a story told about. I had an accident. I should have died and rah, rah, Jesus. So believe in Jesus. He saved me. It's a, it's a very, it's a, di a different kind of thing. I mean, to tell the story, you, you know, I mean, uh, you know, lo and behold, in this day and age of, uh, you know, the Catholic priest walked past me and touched me. You know, <laughs> like, I'm not saying this was a Catholic priest or anything like that. I'm saying, you, you know, to, to get into, into this world where abuses are coming out and all that kind of stuff and to be talking intimacy and intimate engagement, because I think that's what we're getting into here. I think it's tremendously vital because in the telling your story, the weighting of that intimate engagement with God really comes to the fore. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm left with it. I'm left with going, imagine, imagine that's what, what it's, imagine what it could be like to go and sit for 10, 20 minutes to have a conversation with a, someone who's present to you like that and just have the felt sense of that presence there listening to you and, 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 you know, subtly nodding yes or shaking and said, no, <laughs> you know, imagine the transition, the, 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 the same scenario but where you stop talking, you start listening to someone that's speaking to you, as opposed to the practice of, of the listening to the silence so that an idea emerges in you. It's a different kind of interaction. Um, you know, so, so for me, this, this story starts opening up a possibility of a kind of relational spirituality that I find tremendously exciting. Likewise. Likewise. You know, I'm struck by just one other thing, thinking in terms of talking about the, the relational and interactive. I would be concerned to be understood as suggesting that relationships don't have an aspect of stability to them. As in, you know, relationships are constantly changing and uncertain and you never know what the other person is going to do and you can never rely and have expectation of some sort. That That would not be the intention of what I'm sharing around, you know, two agents in a relationship emerging as themselves. I have some level of certainty and stability between you and I, that if I call, you would answer the call. And that if you don't, there's good reason for that. And that if it emerges that you're dodging my calls, <laughs> you know, we, we, we would be able to talk about that at some point right it doesn't mean though that i know everything about you and i can control our interactions because i feel anxious if you show me something new about yourself or i learn something new about you or you wish to reveal or you know you're learning and growing and discovering something new about yourself and then sharing that etc etc and i think that there's a nuance here there that needs to be retained 
But when I speak of control, it's not because the opposite is just complete uncertainty all the time and there's no expectation. I think that's something that is important for me in the practice of relational spirituality is that there is some stability, but the stability is built relationally. It's not built factually. It's not like saying, well, I know Tim and I know Tim is a very caring person. Therefore, every time I see Tim, Tim must care deeply for me and must spend three hours listening to my stories. Because there may be a day when you've had a horrendous day and you're grumpy and moody and you don't want to. Or you can have a terrible experience and actually it's my turn to listen. Or you don't have time. Or there can be all sorts of things that allow you to manifest differently in relationship to me. And that if I try to control that and force you into a certain way of being all the time, that's not an open and free relationship between two agents as they mutually know each other. That's based off, I have captured a snapshot of who I understand you to be factually, and I'm going to use the fact to manipulate you into manifesting in certain ways only. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that it's not a one-dimensional fact in that sense, that then yes, you, you, yes, you can yes. hinge all the possibilities off of. Yes, and I suppose that's partly, that's what I, I am attempting to reject in my spirituality, the idea of people have these taglines, these throwaways, well, God's always in control, God knows, God has a plan, God is your strong tower, your shield, your... You know, what is there's all these sorts of things, you know, um, God will always come through. God won't put you more through more than you can handle, blah, 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 blah. Some God's of it's trying to teach you or God has a purpose for you through the trauma that you're going through or anything. Like yes. That, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or or you have cancer because you're evil or like whatever it is, like there's all these permutations. And some of it is just built on like the theological version of horrendous pop psychology. Some of it is is built off. A theological lens that people draw together from studying a book and i'm not mocking that by the way i mean that really seriously that people have put years and years and years into studying a text and building a concept of who god is like and and i have great respect for that but i would also suggest that that is not necessarily a relational knowing that is potentially a in the same way that I can investigate 10 different people and their life stories and I can aggregate together experience and go, the world is like this, people are like this, etc. And then I can move through life demanding that life always manifests in that way because this is my factual experience. This is what I have derived from the available factual evidence. That's not a relational way of moving forward with openness and curiosity, etc., etc. Even though there may be some incredible factual accuracies in what I have sort of, you know, dug out. And so it's, it's for me, a relational spirituality. Spirituality is more complex and there's a sharing of power. There's a relinquishing of control, but that doesn't mean a simultaneous relinquishing of my needs, my self-awareness, my growth, my, the honing of the tool with which I interact with reality, which is essentially myself. It doesn't mean that, that others don't get to surprise me as I surprised myself and apparently you in the last 24 hours, you know? And, and so I would, I, I guess I would want to, 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 to take pains to 
preserve that the complexity of it. And I think that's partly why, to some extent, it's so exhausting. If I'm if I'm bluntly honest, it can be very exhausting for me. I find it exhausting sometimes to be this relationally present to myself and to others and to God, because it, I think it's yeah, it requires a lot of work. It's also hard, and it's 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 easier to just to be reductive to simplify. But I find that, without unpacking the word any further, to be less true less real one needs to be receptive to this kind of thing but then one's also got to then choose to invest because it's one thing to go yes god can come to me and god can speak to me it's 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 a very different story to go well i can i can reciprocate i can i can pursue i can ask i can also have expectation of this kind of engagement you know so so there's definitely something there's definitely a lot there and and I think you, you you rightly point something out like like you can't just expect the same things repeated in terms of experiences and that anyway or, or or control it in a particular way. This is one of the reasons why I feel this is this is not well teased out in terms of spirituality is because God is understood to be hard to reach, elusive, and so mysterious that you can't really relate to and know God immediately. Hence, you need a clarifying text, <laughs> which which basically just means you 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 having a relationship through the proxy of someone else's relationship, but you're not actually having a relationship with a person. You're having a relationship with an idea. There, there's something tremendously subtle and nuanced here, but it's it's very important because because I I then start asking questions about the other or the divine other and the degree to which the divine other feels appreciated and the degree to which the divine other wants to be pursued and wants us to have desire and express that. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of questions that emerge from this kind of experience. Yeah, I hear you, definitely. Many of them, hopefully, which we will, we're going to be digging further and further into it. So as we move along, um, I'm certain, but... Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's impossible to ignore them for me, and I, I think you probably feel similar. Because the, the questions that these raise are pressing questions in terms of what this, what's this relational spirituality potentially look like. Is there anything else you want to, want to say on this year? I don't think so. No. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I'm happy to leave it there. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I think, I think from my side, I, 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 have, I have thoroughly appreciated you telling your story and just just going into with the depth and the vulnerability that you did. Thank you. Yeah, I I can feel that it's left me with um, with a deep impression that still remains, <laughs> and 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 that's going to carry on, you know, gestating within me. Um, yeah, it's it it's a it, it's a it, it's a richly told story, and I I really appreciate that. So I just I I really just want to say thank you. I just it's it's an enormous privilege to hear you talk about your experience, and to transition from. A, a, you know an old template to an uncertain to, to, to connections that are very real but not necessarily processed in the way that we we've spoken about them thank you thank you likewise it's it's a great uh, it's a great privilege but i've also been incredibly surprised with how comfortable it's been to speak at length of my own experience and part of what surprises me is a 
is an emerging need and desire to do that, which I realize has been largely squashed within me. And um, just, yeah, just that that's been, that that's been easy enough to do. So thank you. I appreciate the, the generosity of your time and attention that, that allows this to unfold. So it's an absolute, absolute pleasure. I mean, thank I, you. I, 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 I mean it when I say I live for this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. And, and that's, 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 I mean, it's in large part, I mean, we, we, we have a, we have a deep friendship and, and getting to know you is a, is a privilege, but um, it's a privilege to be able to have these kinds of conversations with people. Um, I'm, I'm aware that we don't, we, we can't easily talk in depth about a relationship with God without a framework for understanding relationships in general, <laughs> you know, and being able to talk about relationships in general. And it's very fortunate that you, you and I both have that when we were able to do that. Um, but there's definitely, you know, this, this, this is important, you know, telling stories about our relationships and being able to get into the reality of our relationship with God is, is very important as well. And, and I'm just, I'm struck again by how nuanced and multi-layered it is because it, it involves your relationship with your father, involves your relationship with yourself, um, your, your work as it starts developing, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it, it's not, it's not an isolated thing that you can just go, Oh, look, I can box it. I can talk about it. Yeah. It, it's got deep ramifications and permutations for your life. And I think, yeah, that, that for me is always very encouraging. And when I, it's a nice, fresh experience to, to, to really turn that sort of spotlight of attention internally on myself in terms of that. That's, that's quite enjoyable, I think. Because I, I realize often if I work with others, there's a lot of encouragement that I want to put on the table around like all of this matters <laughs> because it is all interrelated. And I think my experience has been, and I, and I guess this is a word of encouragement I would want to share with any of, any of our listeners who might feel this. My experience has been that often there's a sense of, well, I can't get into this because it's not that easy to explain. I can't dig into it because it, I don't know how to distinguish between, and sometimes I still don't within me, if I'm very honest, that between the voice that is my father in me, my voice, my emerging voice, God's voice, experience, circumstances, my conscience. Like there's, there's a lot of things that are all just wrapped up together that require a lot of work to, to tease out. But I have experienced it in myself and with others that it is possible and it is more and more possible. Not so much that it grows easier so much as just it is possible and you can grow a familiarity. And, and that's been an important emerging part of my story as well is discerning different voices and the fact that there is this interrelation and the nature of the interrelation and which part is which without compartmentalizing completely because I, I don't think that that's necessarily helpful. And so it may feel highly confusing and everything is just wrapped up in everything else. And perhaps that's just because that's what it is. It is highly confusing and everything is just wrapped up in everything else. But having that conversation with someone else, I have experienced and 
you know, this is a fresh experience right now and I've experienced with doing that with others is really helpful to start going, okay, you know, use my life as an example. What is my father? What is me? What is an older version of me? What is a more present version of me? What are some of the other voices, some of the anxieties, some of the situations, circumstances, and also what within all of that is God at work, active, impersonally active, present, personally active and present, speaking, not speaking, just being there, all sorts of, all sorts of different ends to the ball of thread. Yeah, I think I think this is this is these these are very important conversations. I don't think we've got many platforms to uh, for them to be available. Uh, these conversations don't easily happen by accident, <laughs> and that they, they don't always happen, you know, in relation to people that that can that 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 can hear us. And I I I guess uh, f for me and for the listeners, I. Uh, you know, these are the conversations that Steve and I, you know, we, we love having with people, both via the website and via the podcast. One can easily get hold of us if if this is the kind of conversation that you want to have. I love having these conversations with people. I want to have more of them. So, it's it's an extended invite to to basically go. We'll, you know, and, and I think it's it's fair to speak for you too, right? Absolutely. <laughs> we, we, we'll definitely make the time and space for it, whether it's 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 you and I sitting together with someone and meeting someone, or even independently. Yeah, even if you don't know where to start, <laughs> that doesn't matter.